You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Now Hear This. I am your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. We are especially using that during this time of an emergency situation to uh, bring you information. We have our normal time slot on Saturday and Sunday mornings across the Indianapolis iHeart stations. But an event like this requires us to make sure that we're getting you timely information quickly. And so we're going to continue to bring you interviews on this podcast feed so you can share on social media and continue to get the word out about things. And today, my guest is Chad Priest, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Red Cross Indiana. And uh, they have a message for all of us. They are experiencing a blood shortage. So, Chad Priest, thank you so much for joining me. Chris, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. So, first off, what is the website that everybody should uh, continue to monitor if they want information and updates from Red Cross? Uh, It's very easy. Redcross.org will get you news, information, give you a a portal to donate blood, schedule a blood donation appointment, um, or to donate funds, as well as to volunteer. Redcross.org. So what is happening right now with uh, blood donations, and why why are we speaking today? Chris, we've seen uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic uh, began, at least uh, acutely in the United States, so think back 20 days or so, less than that even, We've had 4,000 blood drives canceled in the United States. Uh, That is a result of businesses and schools closing. And and, a lot of people may not realize so many of our uh, blood donations come from schools, colleges, high schools, as well as companies. So those have closed. We've had 4,000 cancellations. That's led to us losing over 100,000 units of blood. And that's just the numbers uh, where they stand now. Every day that is compounding. In Indiana alone, uh, uh, midweek at 150 drives canceled with over 5,000 units lost. The cancellations are coming so quickly, it's very difficult for us to keep track of them. So it's a, it's a severe shortage we're finding ourselves in. Our projections are that this shortage will exponentially grow in the coming days and weeks. So what impact on hospitals and, and patients does that kind of shortage have? Well, it, it, it's for a long, long, long time, scientists have been trying to figure out a way to replace human blood with something synthetic, and it just can't happen. The only way to replace human blood is with other human blood. So without it, there are going to be a lot of people who we are at risk of not giving them what they need. So think, for example, of uh, we've all had someone in our lives impacted by cancer. Uh, transfusion medicine uh, is a key focus of a lot of cancer care. Uh, we uh, know that in trauma, motor vehicle accidents, things like that, there's a need. Surgical procedures, the list goes on and on. Blood products are an essential component of modern American medicine. And without them, we could see a lot of people becoming very ill or sick, at maybe even uh, much more so than through the COVID-19 pandemic itself. In other areas, I know the Red Cross is a global organization. How have we seen uh, the Red Cross deal with this blood shortage in places like Italy and other places where you operate? Uh, You're right. The Red Cross is a movement, a global movement. I can't speak to the specific blood challenges in every country. Not every country 
does the Red Cross collect blood? So our services do vary from place to place. But, but I think we should all be feeling very good about the fact that our Red Cross global movement is fully mobilized because it's not just blood. Here in, in Indiana, for example, uh, the Red Cross is mobilizing our disaster workforce. It's going to take a lot of lift for us to be able to continue to provide the disaster services that Hoosiers rely on every day. We're entering into the spring tornado and flood season. Uh, that's a very active time in Indiana, and we're having to make dramatic changes and modifications to our systems to ensure that we don't degrade those services. Uh, we continue to serve military members and their families every single day. Those services can't stop. So our Red Cross, with about 138 years of Clara Barton's DNA, literally, in our veins, uh, we're fully mobilized. But this is going to be an unprecedented effort uh, by the American Red Cross and all of the Red Cross societies around the globe. Talking to Chad Priest, who is the CEO of the Red Cross of Indiana, their website is redcross.org. So how are you trying to meet those challenges? I mean, it's hard to get people out to volunteer. Um, so, so what does that look like for you? How do you do these prep in a time of quarantines? Well, one of the things we're, we're reminding folks is that it's so critical that we are applying good social physical distancing. This is such an important feature of our overall epidemic control, and we're relying on our public health partners to guide us in those efforts. But that social distancing cannot mean social disengagement. Now more than ever, neighbors and community members have to resolve to look after one another. We offer a few ways to do that. We've partnered with the state of Indiana, the Family and Social Services Administration, uh, to offer psychological first aid training uh, for mental health workers and others. Uh, we've had over 1,500 people sign up for that training just in the last few days, and we're going to be making additional training available. We're also asking neighbors to do very simple things, like check on one another. It seems, it seems silly, but, you know, a lot of us don't know the name and phone number of the person that's right next door to us, even though we could get in our house and Skype with someone half a world away. We can't overemphasize the importance of staying connected. We are going to have to lean on each other for help. Uh, and then, of course... We need volunteers, and even if you're home uh, and unable to leave, we are able uh, to get you trained to volunteer through online training and online courses, and you can sign up at redcross.org, and we need you now. A lot of our volunteers are in the 60 to 65 age group, and we know many of them will have increased restrictions on movement and et cetera. So now is the time to broaden our appeal for volunteers as well. So if you're working in a virtual situation to volunteer for the Red Cross, what are some of the things that you would be doing? Well, we start everyone out with training. You know, unlike a lot of volunteer opportunities, uh, at the Red Cross, volunteers are 97% are of our workforce. So volunteers do everything in our organization, and that requires some really intentional training up front. Almost all of our training is either already virtual, web-based. Where it's not, we're making modifications to offer that training through teledistance. Once trained, we've got opportunities that range from helping us secure and locate blood drives, helping us staff those blood drives, um, uh, helping us prepare for disasters, responding to disasters. We do a lot of telecase work, and, of course, our service to armed forces work is always remote. So there are a lot of opportunities to do a lot of good right from where you may be sitting. So when you have these blood drives, what measures are you taking to make sure that everybody involved is safe? The first thing that's important to note is that it is perfectly safe to get and receive blood because COVID-19 and, in fact, any respiratory virus cannot be transmitted via blood. So the blood supply itself is safe, and there's no more risk to donate blood than anything else. We're taking some extraordinary efforts at our drives, including temperature screenings at the door, 
We've increased social distancing uh, in our operations so that our beds are farther apart. Uh, we, we are avoiding or eliminating any sort of queues or waiting. We can do that in a number of ways, depending on the physical building itself, limiting it to no more than six people in any given space. And of course, our phlebotomists and technicians are some of the best in the country. They're extraordinary healthcare providers. You'll see them applying uh, best-in-class evidence-based use of personal protective equipment, wiping down services, uh, surfaces, et cetera. So final question to Chad Priest, who is the CEO of the Red Cross of Indiana. In your work every day, what is the one thing that you wish everybody listening could see or understand that you're, you're just going, this is obvious? I wish everyone would stay home. Uh, some of us have to be out for our work, healthcare workers, humanitarian workers. Uh, I'm, I'm out today, and what I'm seeing uh, it concerns me. We need to listen to the advice of public health authorities and our government officials and remain home. I am confident uh, that Hoosiers will be able to not only survive this epidemic but thrive through it, but we have to start by making decisions that are in the best interest of everyone. Stay home. Check on your neighbor. Find a way to be socially engaged. So go to redcross.org, donate your blood, uh, donate funds if you can, register to volunteer, uh, and don't give up. Stay the course. I think that's the message we all need to be sending each other and know that your Red Cross is standing beside you. All right, Chad Priest, that website again is redcross.org. If you are home and you don't have much going on, please hit up the Red Cross, help organize with them. Thank you for listening to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website at nowhearthisindy.com. We'd ask that you continue to share our uh, information here, as always, but in this time especially. Um, if you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please contact us on the contact page on our website. And thank you so much for listening, and we will be back again soon with Now Hear This. Now, libertarian podcasts are usually focused on the philosophy of libertarianism. Our podcast, Upward, Libertarian Activism, provides tips and strategies to help move more people towards the top of the diamond of the world's smallest political quiz. If you haven't taken that, go to theadvocates.org and check it out. We Are Libertarians presents training sessions and special podcasts to teach the basics of running for office, county party organization, and other forms of libertarian activism. Now, early episodes include training workshops put together by me, Chris Bangle, and the Libertarian Party of Indiana. And newer episodes are from the archives of Marshall Fritz of the Advocates for Self-Government, who was a master trainer for libertarians. So get our training manuals and the podcast at our website, UpwardPoliticalTraining.com.